these lessons they actually apply to us as as well as everyone else so it's not like we're like saying that we have mastered all of these things and now we're we're, we're teaching no it's like we're actually uh learning and growing and desiring more of god and you know like the song was saying you know, we want to be purified and we want to be tried by fire but that no is not very accommodating to the flesh it's not very accommodating to to the human aspect the flesh the mind the soul which likes to be pampered and that that's where the challenge is but then when we go to the word of god what god, god is actually saying and empowering us to do and to become very uh straightforward so we know that god wants us to be changed and transformed and that's why you know the bible has uh 66 books and i believe they say it's like you can get from each verse that is in the bible you can have like four or five different uh depths of revelation so god can give you one revelation on one particular scripture and he can give five different people in a different way or maybe even beyond that if he chooses to but it's very very um you know it's not something that comes with a lot of relaxation this process of dying to self and maturing in Christ. And, uh, you know, it's not that God is asking all of us to be martyrs. Even when the Lord is, um, you know, leading people down that route, it's a special grace when, regardless of what God is asking you to do, it's a special grace that enables you to do, enable you to do it. And we see in the, um, in the context of the early disciples, how they were asked to undertake a lot. Many of them were actually nailed to the cross in the similitude of um, Jesus but they were not uh, doing it um, in their own strength. God was the one who gave them the, the ability to do so. But as they, as they subjected themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So this is, we're finding a, a, this is very challenging. And it's good that we're beginning to look in Scripture and uh, in detail, look in Scripture in detail and then see, because Jesus was doing like we went through in the early stages when we were talking about the discipleship, right? About being disciples. And we saw how Jesus did signs, wonders, and miracles that appealed to everybody, to the masses of the people. And they begin to throng and to follow him by the thousands, I would think. And, uh, you know, it was um, the multiplication of food, the blind's eyes were open, the dead, dead was being raised. W let's see what he has for tomorrow. He's going to do something that's going to blow our minds for tomorrow. And tomorrow he turns up and says, let me now teach you the cost. Let me count the cost. Let me now uh, tell you what it takes to be a, a, my disciple. Mm -hmm. And then only the 12 were left back. And in this 2020 and beyond, we have to be careful. Because we can say that we are among those that would stay. But I don't think that's how we find out. I don't take it for granted that um, I would be one of those disciples uh, you know, that, that stayed. I'm actually asking the Lord to um, reveal to me my heart, my true position. Am I really committed? Because my, your intellect can tell you that you're committed and you can be doing all of the religious activities, but really you're not surrendered. That has to come by revelation. That's why the Bible said, no, no man by the flesh, but by the spirit. And we have to assess ourselves. And we have to, and then even when we're beginning to connect with others, we have to um, allow the Lord to show us them by revelation, by revelation, show us where they are. And especially when it comes on to ministry. And, you know, we are not the only one that, that is called to ministry. But I believe it's the same for everyone. So if, if 
a few years down the line, the Lord is going to use you in ministry. You're going to have to go undertake these same processes that we're going through. You know, uh, you are going to have to begin to know people by the spirit and begin to seek the Lord and ask the Lord, you know, where where is this person supposed to be in my life? Where is this person to, supposed to be in my ministry? Because if you add it, if you add them to your life and to your ministry without the Lord giving you the directions, then, you know, it, it will those relationships will do really well for a short period of time. And then you will realize you have problems in your ministry. Problems in your ministry. It's kind of like marriage. You know, you see the signs before you get married and you still go ahead. I, I mean, I got lucky with Kim, right? By the, by the grace of God, I, I you know, I, uh, but you can, these things, you can make decisions in your life that can really come back to haunt you, right? Now, everybody, we have all made mistakes in some area of our life. Maybe, you know, the Lord really, um, you know, guided me and us in this area, but there are other areas that I made uh, ridiculous mistakes that is similar to, um, so that's not to, to say it in a judgmental way, because, it, you know, it's, we are, we have all messed up um, in different areas of our lives. So we, you know, today we want to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. And uh, we're, like I said, we're not taking the time to go into scripture to look at Oh, God wants to bless us and increase us only. We're taking the time to seek out the things that Jesus spoke about were, that were not very, um, you know, there for our good, but they're challenging for us to accept and allow him to um, empower us to become in that position, in those, the, the people that we're supposed to be, the people of obedience. And we're not necessarily talking about huge sins you know a lot of times people think that oh you know you're talking about uh, people that are in sin we're not talking about that but there are diff there are other things that need need to be done also mindsets and so forth that we need to overcome before we can be truly used by god so you you can be you know going to church religiously reading your bible praying and still being uh, living a defeated life those are not the indicators that you're actually having success at this. It really takes, for you to grow spiritually, I believe you have to have such a burning desire inside of you that it, it trumps everything else in your life. It trumps you. You just meditate on this Jesus morning, noon, and night until he said, that person there, I have to go seek him out. I have to go see why he's so obsessed with me. This is what it takes. That means you have to, um, you have to, Go after him more than you would anything in the material world. And if you do that, that sky is going to open and God is going to come down. And I, when I see, I know, I see a, a lot of these um, younger generation, you know, when I look at the, the songs that they produce and so forth, you know, I see, I can see where they're heading in the right direction, where they're talking about, you know, really true surrender, true dying to self and, and true surrender. And they're going to, you know, I can't afford, you know, I'm, I'm not in my 20s. I'm far from my 20s. I can't afford for these people to make me look bad. You know, for 20-year-olds year to come and die to self and begin to do all of what God has commanded them to, to uh, think there. And then I'm like sitting in the church pews and not producing no fruit. No way. That's not happening to me. No way. No, I got too much fire in my belly for that to happen. Right? And I, and I believe everybody, everyone here is the same. We're all struggling uh, in, a, in different areas and so forth. But you know what? Yesterday is past, and here we are. God has given us another opportunity. Right? He's given us another opportunity to um, make it right, to make it count. And he's saying, 
How about this time we cooperate? Even in the challenges, how about you still trust in me, knowing that I'm faithful? Knowing that I'm able to work in, your, in the situations that are in your life that are difficult, but give them to me. Surrender to me. And we will see the power of God in our lives. So yeah, we want to talk a little bit about uh, spiritual warfare. Now this is a huge topic, right? And we can, you can, you can take, a, take this in a um, hundred different ways. But we're going to, uh, we're not the masters at this by any means, but God has taught us a few things. And we're actually, uh, you know, we're not, we have not just read this thing in books. It's one thing, I've, I read a lot, right? And, I've, and I listen to a lot of those great men and women. Many of those tapes that you guys um, see, I listen to them too. And I've been doing it for years. I've, I've listened to like hundreds and hundreds of sermons of some of the greatest uh, men that God has used throughout the generations, not only in this generation, but hundreds and thousands of years ago. I've been, I, I go back and I get their material and I study it a bit. And I uh, read, you know, their life stories and see what they had to overcome and so forth like that. But when it comes on to you now getting results, you know, thank God for them and the empowerment that I get through them. But when I stand in front of a person that needs deliverance, you know, if I don't have my own walk with God, then all those books, they go through the window. All those tapes, they go through the window. They're no use. So when you begin to do the works that Jesus is asking us to do, you're going to have to have your own relationship and walk with him. Our demons will not pay your voice any mind and as a matter of fact they might retaliate for your boldness without the without the position they they, they have um you know demons their eyesight's not that good you know so they wear glasses and they, they send for your resume and they have magnifying glasses they check who is this one who he, who is he associated is he real can you see them doing a conference down there this andrade who is he that is uh commanding us to come out checking your resume checking um what you've been doing in your closet if you really have the the light inside of you so that's why we've been looking at this the, the truth the depth of god's word from this dimension so that when we go before people when we go before people that are facing uh, the fire of the attacks of the enemy they don't see anything inside of us and instead of we take casting them out they come inside of me and kim and here we are now went to a house to deliver someone and we come back home possessed and this thing can actually happen. This is what happened when we do religion. This is what happened when we assess ourselves uh, and our spirit walk by our own minds. So I, I don't do that. I don't play around. I don't use emotions. I say, Lord, am I capable of doing this? Am I biting off more than I can chew? And I don't go anywhere without the Lord send me there. No matter what, what, who is actually inviting me. And I've been invited to, um, to different places and to different churches. And the answer is like, no. And people wonder why aren't you a man of god aren't you calling to the ministry and so forth and i'm saying yes but you know what the holy spirit said no so it's an easy no i only do what the holy spirit says because he's only going to turn up when he when he instructs me to go somewhere so it's with this detail and with this precision that we want to undertake doing god's business so let's start off by looking at ephesians 6 and we'll read 10 to 12. now this scripture is no Everybody's familiar with the scripture, right? It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, this, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So it's a final, final, my brethren, be strong in Jesus. Be strong in Jesus. Do not be strong in your own, in our own minds or what we can do or what we think we can do. The minute you, you, you do that, you just understand that you gave up your position in Christ and, and you just allow the Lord, you just basically uh, eject God out of that situation that, and that circumstances. The minute you begin to minister from your own soul and you lost all authority and power because it said to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, his might, and put on the armor of God, spiritual armor, right? There are certain positions that you can have in God that will allow you to be protected, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this is not how we can fight the devil. And it's we read it all the time, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting human beings. The battle of the Christian is not individuals. So when we go to the, when we go outside and someone use vulgar language and all these type of things or disrespect us, it's very challenging at this time not to want to, um, I mean, I'm not saying that you wouldn't answer, but you don't want to become like the person. We have to maintain who we are in Christ. So these people are being, um, influenced by demon, demon demons let's put it that way a lot of that is happening in the uh, in the world we have two they said plus two billion people so that means that demons are operating in a lot of people so when we go those are the mentalities and that we're dealing with from evil spirits that are influencing people so this is what we're warring against against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness spiritual wickedness in high places so we're going to look a little bit on how or just a refresher on how we actually fight against these forces let's go to psalms 97 and verses 5. It's psalms 97 and verses 5. i'll give you a couple seconds to find that scripture said so the hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. You know, the, the Bible doesn't say that the hill, hills melted like, like wax at the presence of the devil, but at the presence of the Lord. The Bible also says that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And this is one of the things that we should actually understand. My fear is God period my fear is god even if demons are tormenting me in my sleep i still don't fear them i fear god i, I there is the only fear that i have because you know the earth tremble at his presence satan is a defeated foe and that and I'm, I'm going through that particular scripture to show to say that who is the one that is fierce who is the one that is mighty who is the one that is powerful and we are in him. Let's go to 1 John 3 and verses 8. 1 John 3 and verses 8. 
And let's just read the B part. The B part. It says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And we have positioning in God to destroy the works of the devil. So we are, we are you know, just trying to establish a few things here which we have you know many some of the lessons that we have gone through before is already associated with spiritual warfare building the foundation if you have not constructed the foundation then you're you're not going to have any authority when it comes on to this fight in the battle because it's not based on words it's not based on intellect it's based on positioning and if you have the positioning you know what you will see. There's one thing that will, uh, your results. After a while, your results will speak for you. So if you're not seeing the results after a while, you have to realize that you do not have the positioning. You do not have the revelation. And I just will not, I will not live a fake life. I can't do that. It's not within me. I'd rather go back to the quiet place and lay down before the Lord and say, Lord, something is off here. We have, to, we have to understand that if you've been in the faith uh, a certain, for a certain time, then you've got to be effective in uh, ministering in different capacities. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's called to operate in spiritual warfare you know, at every level, but everybody's called to participate at some level. We, we're going to look a little bit into that. Let's look at Hebrews 2, 7 and 8. Hebrews 2, 7 and 8. It says, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things in subject, subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But look what it says here. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So we are, we're talking about all of what Jesus accomplished in going to that cross and raising from the dead. But then who is the one that's going to be putting all these things under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? We, the believer, number one, in our own personal lives, and then the body, <laughs> the body of Christ. God is going to gain the victory through the body of Christ. And that's what it's been about even since uh, 2000 years. Uh, it's been about God working through his body, even though we, we fail a lot, but God has never given up. And this is the methodology that God uses to destroy the works of the devil. So we have to be mindful of this and we have to, we have to participate also in this. And this is why the process of growth, spiritual growth, is so important important and that's why we have to be so deliberate about it so deliberate about growing spiritually let's go to hebrews 10 12 and 13. hebrews 10 and we'll read uh 12 to 13 actually it says but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sin for sins forever sat down on the right hand of god 
from henceforth, expect until his enemies be made his footstool. Expect until his enemies be made his footstool. So Jesus won the battle at the cross and, and then put the believers, the body of Christ, back into a position where we know can can uh, literally in our own lives, in the immediate, when we come to the Lord, begin to understand how to have victory, spiritual victory, how to overcome the darkness, just like Jesus did. And this is what we are talking about a little bit, spiritual warfare. So who can participate in spiritual warfare? We're going to look into that a little bit. And I would say everybody participates in spiritual warfare. But there are prerequisites to the levels of spiritual warfare that you participate in. It, the idea is not to uh, open a church and then, you know, whoever walked through the door is like they're part of the prayer team. They're part of the warfare team. And, you know, quite frankly, I've seen it before. And it re really was just like we were, we were um, losing our sleep with those late night prayers because, you know, not much was happening. So who can participate? Let, let's look at Deuteronomy 20 and verses 8. Deuteronomy 20 and verses 8. It says, And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, and, and they shall say What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. So, you know, when you just come to the to the Lord and you're actually fighting, you know, you're being delivered, you're being healed in your soul, you're you're this is the level that you are, you have no place actually in um spiritual warfare. At this point, no, you have no place being praying for on a city level, praying on a church level for certain levels of breakthrough or um, you know pulling down strongholds and principalities and so forth. It is not for that, you're not at that level yet. We, we, all truths are parallel. God taught me this very, very early. And you know, when you go to medical school, they don't teach you the first level of whatever it is, and then allow you now to operate on someone who's having a heart attack. That would not make sense in the natural. Why would it make sense in the spiritual? Because whatever we undertake in this kingdom, it has to be with understanding, similar in the similitude of how you would bake a cake. You have all the ingredients, and one person know how to put the ingredients together, know the level, you know, the temperature that it's supposed to be baked at, and another don't. And we have two different results with the same ingredients. One lack understanding. And in the same way you can lack spiritual understanding and we have to understand I, I understand quite frankly right now there are things that I don't know they are things that I don't know which is why at the beginning I was saying that God is actually using us to do certain things but we are not jumping ahead and, and then beginning to undertake others that we're not qualified to undertake we don't know how to bake cake at every level you know as we as the Lord, you know, 
continue to use us and strengthen us and teach us, we're going to be able to undertake more. But we will not do it on our own. Proverbs 24, verses 6. Proverbs 24, verses 6. It says, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. You know, ministry, you know, God is actually, I thank God for what he's teaching me. And I, you know, more than anything else, thank God for the patience that he's given me. So I can sit. I don't necessarily think that, you know, we have to grow fast. I want to grow. I want to do this thing once. And I want to do it right the first time. So I'm not being too critical of other churches. But I believe why the Lord showed me certain things in other churches was because I believe that God was actually showing me not how to replicate. Take the things that they did really well. And learn from them and then take the things that they didn't do at the level that they they could have or should have and then learn how not to do it that way so you can do it once so that's my um my mentality when it comes on to ministry so i've actually seen things by the eye of god by the wisdom that i've uh, that uh i've been done in other ministries that i thought there could be a better way to do it and the whole spirit showed me a better way to do it now, in this ministry that God has called us to, I praise the Lord. I praise God. I thank him all the time because he's showing me a lot of things. And I will wake up in the morning. In the mornings, I'll wake up. I didn't go into prayer. I'm laying on my bed. And uh, a presence just comes on me. And before you know it, I'm beginning to get a knowing about different things, sometimes people also. And the reason why, I'll tell you why. And now God will give you, just so you know that I'm not special more than anyone else, God will give you a knowing about people. When he's called you to do something and he's connecting you with people, right? He will give you a knowing in regards to whether or not this person, what you're supposed to do with them, which area they're supposed to be in, whether or not they're um, qualified, whether or not they're growing or they're becoming the person that he needs them to be. You know, many people... Um, came out of Egypt. But we see the one that the ones that challenged uh, Moses' leadership, what happened to them. So in that context, because what God has called you to do, it's in his heart that he birthed this thing and then pass it on to you. So he has to give you. Can you imagine if God called me into ministry and then he given, didn't give me any insight into the people and the, whether or not they're cooperating, whether or not they're subjected to him? What a madness I would produce in ministry. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't go. I would say, Lord, thank you very much, but I can't do this. I need to understand who you're actually committing us to in relationship and whether or not they're committed to you. So I wake up all the time and the Lord give me insights. And it's very, it makes ministry so much easy rather than me trying to figure the whole thing out and i can stay here and ask the lord about and you know this will only work i tell you how it will work to be fair so i can be fair and transparent if i am being if i am doing what god has called me to do and i'm being honest before the lord and i'm being honest to the people that god is sending and i'm being transparent and i'm not just holding my own interest 
I believe the Lord will reveal these type of things to me. But on the other hand, if the problem is me, then what do you think the Lord will do? The Lord will deal with me. Right? The Lord will get the message to me either personally or through someone that you need to get your, Andrade, you need to get your act together. You cannot operate in my kingdom like this. But I believe if God, if I'm undertaking what God has called me to do in the, um, in the proper way, then the Lord is going to show me. And I need not call anyone. I will know. Because God, this is associated with the souls of people and the people that God has called us in this ministry to minister, to, to reach and to uh, evangelize and to, you know, re receive them to Jesus on his behalf, baptizing them, teaching them. And we've been doing a lot of that. Even in this um, Wednesday, we had prayer and we were um, praying for souls. And, you know, God has given me grace to go outside and I've been evangelizing in this mm -hmm. COVID like crazy in the in the malls. I'm praying for people in the malls like this COVID thing uh, doesn't exist by the grace of God. Because I was asking God this week, I, I heard from my mouth by the Spirit. But God was saying, give the gift of salvation for Christmas. And I go, whoa, that thought came from the Holy Spirit. And I was like, this is it? I said, yes, Lord, give the gift of salvation for Christmas. So now I begin to go outside. And sometimes it's not necessarily that I'm always mindful of this, but the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes over me. And I feel, so at times I will get words of wisdom so powerfully that they will, when it interjects itself in my brain, I feel it. And I will tell him, I just got something. Let's go see who it's for. Let's go to, I'm not going to digress too much off of this message. Let's go to Revelation 17 and verses 14. It says, these shall make war with the Lamb. Revelation 17 and verses 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful and we just want to we know this is speaking in a certain context okay mm -hmm. but when it comes down to being called and chosen and 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 faithful that can't when it comes down to god you can apply that to all contexts so what do you want to take it take it into the um this specific time frame that it's talking about which is in the future or you want to take it now and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful and this is what we have to be we have to be called and chosen we have to be faithful and faithful is actually taking the words of jesus christ and letting and when you put them on the scale take those words and put them on the scale and then take the words of the world and put them on a scale and make sure that the words of jesus christ weighs more make sure that the scale is tilted over to christ not the not the world the world system. Revelations 12 and verses 11. Revelations 12 and verses 11. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And they loved not their lives unto the death. You know, the words of Jesus Christ. This Christian walk that we're saying that we're walking, taking up your cross, no, not jumping your uh, Mercedes Benz, take up your cross. This is a work. It's not easy. Dying to self is 
not easy the thing the anointing of god is very expensive i've you know played sports i've you know done many things in life but i'm telling you the hardest thing that i've ever done period is trying to get anointing. it's the most arduous thing i've ever undertaken in my own life is trying to get the anointing the power of god i know people can talk okay and as a matter of fact the lord said i i have that ability to um Maybe some of you believe that I go a little bit too much. And that's fine. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not um, trying to say that I'm perfect. Yeah, everybody got their own little thing going on. But the anointing, it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. It's been a while now since God called us into ministry. All right? It's been a while. I thought by now maybe, you know what, we would be like taking the nations by its throat. Like literally. I thought we would be taking the nations. I thought that... But like we, you know, we wouldn't have hands to baptize the people that were coming. I'm still believing for God, God, God for that, and it's still going to happen, right? But we are not there as yet. We are not there as yet. But that doesn't make me, uh, you know, in any way, shape, or form disappointed. As actually, it's just that I believe if we stay here, um, the longer that God keeps with us back here, it's the more effect we're going to have. Can you imagine two years down the line? Five years down the line, ten years down the line, how many books will be written? Names will be written in the book of life because of this ministry. I believe it'll be it'll be in the tens of millions. Yeah, I'm that wild in my um. Well, you know, let me not let me not let me not um put this on myself. But you know, the Lord has said that through this ministry, you know what the Lord said? He said the multitude will come. Do not despise small beginnings. But I'm giving you the word of the Lord. He said the multitudes will come and it will be generationally. So if Jesus tarries and doesn't uh, return after we are in heaven, we the foundation and the, and the impact that this ministry have, there should be thousands of believers that are continuing on, continuing on in what God did through the people that um, operated in this ministry. And that's what I'm looking forward to. This is why we're we're so excited about all of what God is going to do. Romans 13 and verses 12. Romans 13 and verses 12. It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. You know, when we begin to position ourselves in God. When we begin to totally give ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and then now begin to learn these things, it's the light that emanates from you that will defeat the darkness. The light of God that you take into the situations that you go, that we cannot actually see. But we go in situations and circumstances and we speak and we pray and, in, and sometimes we lay our hands on people and they get breakthrough. The light, the demons cannot deal with, with light, the light of Jesus that emanates through us, which is the anointing, which is the empowerment that comes. But that, and, and that can come, and one, and two, it can be increased. It can be increased. We are testament that this thing can be increased. And now we're contending for the next level. Because what God is actually doing in our ministry now, two years ago, we were not doing. It was not happening. And, but, you know, the Lord never actually sent us into circumstances and situations 
in the similitude of, of the ones that he's sending us into now either, unqualified. And the ones that are for the next year, for, for, for 2021, we're not doing now, but we'll be doing then. Because I believe what we have been doing is really seeking this Jesus Christ, which is a rare thing. We're not talking about talk, talking about Jesus. Everybody's doing that. We're not talking about turning up at church. A lot of a lot of people are doing that. We're not talking about the Christian the Christian um, local dialect, so to speak. Because sometimes I meet people, and let me tell you, God, God Almighty, when they speak, you said that there is a servant of God. But then get to know them uh, three months. I'm not being critical. Listen, don't call me this week and ask me if I was talking about you. No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Some people call me and ask if I was talking about them. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking generally speaking. You know, I can only uh, hold one thought in my head at a time. So I'm sharing off the cuff right now. I didn't make up my mind to come and attack any particular person. That would be very uh, vindictive. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I'm just talking generally. So even this has probably happened many times, but I'm just saying no, that we see that, but then know God is um, vetting people in this day and age, vetting people. The real Christians need to stand up. The ones who are dying for Jesus Christ to touch them. Okay, so let's look at the levels of the levels of that fight that we're talking about. Spiritual warfare. Just so we get an understanding, a quick understanding. The first level is the personal level. The personal level. Now you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you just got saved. And you're fighting different things in your mind. Sometimes those things can even manifest in sicknesses in your body. Or just strife in the family and so forth like that. So this is the personal level. Matthew 4, 17. The Bible talks about repentance this is that we we already went through this i'm not going to get deep into this but everything that we do is predicated on the foundational things if you have not built the foundation strong you're not going to have success in spiritual warfare if you're too emotional you're not going to have success this is here our this year is for the militant in mind the militant in mind those who are not easily, you know, you have to have the ability to tell people the truth in love. We have, I have to do that. We have to tell people the truth in love, and they don't want to hear it. They, God tell you to tell someone this, you tell it to them, and do what? Do you know what they do? They get mad at you, and do you, and and then do what? Do you know what they do? The God that told you to tell it to them, they go pray to Him, and they're mad at you, and He's the one who told you this. And they alienate you now and say that they're walking with Jesus and they're, they're friends with him. And he's the one that gave you the message for them. Those are the kind of mentalities that you, when you become a pastor, that's what you will deal with a lot. A lot. And you will have the answers by the Spirit to minister into the situations of people. And they will not, they, they will not listen to you. And they will go back and tell the Lord, do it a different way. The, this is what we're talking about, dying. You can't do spiritual warfare and have any type of success. And then you cannot be functioning in the, in the 
body of Jesus Christ in unity. Either you're good, you're just gonna be a conduit for demons to be uh, to be loose from hell to destroy God's church. That's all. Those type of mentalities will bring. I'm just being plain because the Lord, you know, the Lord. I was I went through this message by the by the Spirit, and I as I woke up this morning, what God showed me. Plain as day. Matthew four seventeen. Say the B part said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it started off with repentance. James 5, 16. Let's go to James 5 and verses 16. Those books are a little right close to the revelation. Say, confess your faults one to another and pray for and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You're, you're probably asking, what does this have to do with spiritual warfare? It has everything to do with spiritual warfare. Because when you get into spiritual warfare, if you have anything that you haven't dealt with, the enemy at that time will take advantage of everything that you give him. And this is where it starts. So you have to, you, you, we have to go through this level. We are not at the level where we're, you know, right now in uh, Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry, we are not pulling down no strongholds. Them principalities and powers, let them sit where they are right now. We are not ready. God told me this. Your team is not ready for, to undertake that. We did not get in the, um, in the funeral business at Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry. No, we didn't get into the funeral business. We get here for souls. I, we didn't get here to constantly uh, bury people or, um, or, you know, pray for people who are sick because they have open doors. God told me that we're still at the level, uh, the foundational level in putting the team together and his presence. Don't even pray for his presence at this level. It would not be a blessing to, um, to the people around you. That this is where we are. First John five eighteen, And I'm, and I was like, thank you, Lord, because if we never get across this level, Lord, I will never ever pray that your presence would come. So we could, we could, we would also stop right here too. Because until we, we're doing this by, by the book. We're doing this by the wisdom of God. And we will not ask for numbers. I, I, like I said, not being critical of ministries, but I saw they were trying to get the numbers. And I said, this is a recipe. This cake is going to come out of the oven flat and tasteless. Predictable. Your, result, your results in this kingdom are very, very predictable. The wisdom of God trumps the wisdom of the world. And people in the wisdom of, in the world have businesses that they build that are very successful. And they make contingency plans for many different things. There are many huge corporations and companies now that are not doing bad, considering what is actually happening financially. Because they built in their um, budget and their business plan to take a year off or two year off without business booming. Because we, we know they and we in the kingdom know the but the Lord talks about in the word about seasons and timing. So your failures, our failure in heaven's lighthouse ministry, uh, one year down the line, let me tell you something. They will it will never you can't surprise me. It's I would I would be have to um bury my head under the ground. Like because I know right now God is showing me right now if we were supposed to move on too quickly, what we would defeat the prophetic word that he spoke over over us. It wouldn't come to pass. 
So we're still in those foundational things because God is revealing, you know, our limitations and the limitations of even the ministers. I'm just telling you what God showed me. First John 5, 18. So we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Why would I choose this scripture? But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. This is very important. So as we begin to undertake spiritual warfare, God will protect us. But if we leave ourselves doors open, then the wicked one can touch us. This is why I'm being, I'm saying that we can, we can all, uh, get out there and begin to win the lost and undertake the work that God has called us to do. Or we can, we can get in the funeral business like all many churches are. That's what they're doing. They have a lot of sermons for the year and they bury a few people. Uh, they baptize a couple of people and they do what they call um, confirmed babies. And that is the cusp of their ministry. And rightfully so, because they don't know anything about spiritual warfare. They're not seeking God at that level. So I'd say, yeah, you know what? They can be the ones to um, bury the dead. You know, it's we need a, we, people are going to die anyway. I'm not saying that people don't die. They actually die. So and we're going to need churches to bury them. So many of those churches, that, that's, the, um, that's their main thing. But you know what? I don't even, I really go to funerals. I don't like, I don't really like, you know, I, you know, the Lord might have us do a few, but it's not my thing. I'd rather go win the lost. All right. Now, the second level, there must be genuine transformation. And this is actually going back because we actually spoke a lot about transformation, about the newness in the mind. We spoke a lot about that in the previous lessons that we did. Right. Transform transformation. So after that person, after you, those early deliverances and healing and so forth, the newness has to come to your mind by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10 and verses 1. Matthew 10 and verses 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. You see that? But he said, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, his 12 disciples. Now we know what the Bible's definition of a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ, an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, an obedient follower of Jesus Christ. That means they, they had to have had all of those um, things in place before God would call them, the Lord would call them his disciple. And then he gave power unto them, not to everyone, but to his disciples. So we have to allow this process of transformation to happen in us. Let's move to the third level. The third level of confrontation, the church. The church. So yeah, you got baptized. Yeah, you got saved. And they've been teaching you. And now you've proved yourself to a certain level by growth. And God now by the Holy Spirit might now begin to use you to do other things in the church. Like for us, I think uh, maybe Andrew and Charmaine are the only ones that are familiar with myself and Kim when we were ushers and, and so forth. And we're just doing those uh, basic things. So they had asked me to be an usher. I mean, I don't know. And oh, actually, they asked me to be a, a security guard. Me, 
all 170 pounds scrawny. I was thinking that it must be the, you know, the guy that Jesus prayed for and they said he, he looked around, he, he saw men walking around as trees. I think it was his cousin that picked me to be the security guard at the church because that guy couldn't see at all. Because how could you, I mean, where am I going to rest to the ground? Right? Anyway, that's a, that's a joke. I can't tell, I can't tell who's laughing and who's uh, not laughing because everybody's hiding their face. You know, and some people are like, oh, why is this, um, this pastor laughing? Because they, 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 the church that they grew up in, the pastor that was a, um, was a staunch, mean-spirited guy that didn't smile. And that's how they, 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 they viewed him as the man of God. And therefore, he represented God in a terrible way. And now they say, God, don't laugh. So if they see a pastor that's laughing, they know that this is not from God. I mean, how dumb can we get and still breathe? No wonder God made it um, automatic that we would breathe. These are the type of mentalities. But, you know, anyways, let me leave that one right where it is. So the next level is the church level. And God will use you to pray, um, you know, in groups and pray against certain things and so forth like that. In the, in the context of the church, under another minister, a pastor, a proven, tested man of God, and under other ministry ministers. And you begin to grow from that level let's look at hebrews 5 14. hebrews 5 14 says but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil i read it again but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, exercised to discern both good and evil. So you see, oh, God is rising us up little by little. How he's allowing you to, you know, there are levels of um, deliverance that you're going through. So you're actually contending with demons and they're in your mind. They're bothering you when you sleep. That's how it starts off. It's not that you're not saved. You're saved. God loves you. Right, mm -hmm. but no, he's is <clears throat> you're beginning to fight. <clears throat> excuse me for your spiritual position in God, mm -hmm. and the de the devil is trying to take you back to where you were before, and that's why this fight is so vicious at that time. But then you have to continue to believe and trust God that He's gonna you know take you into a different season, and you will come into the season. Then you go into the season of uh, being tran uh, of transformation, mental transformation. And we said the church level at the third level. Let's go to Judges 7, and we'll read uh, 1 to 7. Judges 7, 1 to 7. I think I'm doing a good time. I'm, and many of you guys probably are familiar with this um, scripture with uh, Gideon, but I'm going to read from 7. It says, Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, by the hill of Moreh in the valley. So this is the children of Israel actually fighting a battle here, and being instructed by God, and being led by Gideon. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites unto their hands. Said, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, 
mine own hand had saved me. So God said, if I send these people in such numbers, they will say it is because of us why we get, we gain the victory. They will not give God the praise. So God said, verses three says, now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead and their return and their return of the people 20 and 2,000 and there remain 10,000. Verses four, and the Lord said unto Gideon, let me just let this person in, sorry for that. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Bring them down onto the water and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whosoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So God still give instructions these days about who he wants to take in battle. He invites people to come up, okay? Mm -hmm. He give you a fair shake. He speak over you prophetically that you are going to be a, many are called, but few are chosen. So just because you're called, you now have to um, be obedient. You now have to, the, the rigors of training that God is actually taking through before you're chosen, many people fail at that level. So when, when it's the day of the battle, God will say, pack your bag and go back home. This year is not for you. You're not prepared. Verses 5. So he brought down the people onto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lappeth, putting their hands to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. So if they bow down and they stuck their face in the water, pretty much, God is actually saying that these people are not um, alert. They're not alert. They let down their guard. I don't want these people in battle. I'd rather take, get rid of thousands of them and keep a few. And it's the same thing here when it comes on to spiritual warfare, when it comes on to battle. You have to be, and then at the same time, quite frankly, you got to just be willing to die. Because there are casual things can happen. So you, you really don't care when you're, when you're going out. If God sends you to go, go. And if, I mean, as God sent people out to go and they went out and died, yeah, so what is the problem? Bury them. They are, they're, on their, they're, they're in heaven. That's what, that's what it boils down to. But at no point, the idea is at no point, get your emotions involved, get your mind involved, get your intellect and your feeling and your thoughts involved in God's business. Just do it. And, and that, that, this is where it becomes challenging now. Because the circumstances of life are still happening. The, the family situations are still happening. And you have to make a decision now. What you're going to do. Whether you're going to carry through with God's will. Or no, you're going to start taking things in your own hand. Verses 7. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lap will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the, pe and let all the other people go, every man, unto his place. Let's read also verses uh, 21. 
It says, And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran, ran and cried and fled. So when, when you're fully functioning by the Spirit in the position, then this is what happens to the enemy. This is what will happen to the forces of darkness that are in your city, that are um, in your church, when, you're, when you begin to totally do things the way that God wants you to do it. Let's read also verses 25. And this is Israel now. This is how you take battle and take the heads of kings. It says, And they took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock, Oreb. And Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb, and pursued Midian, and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side, Jordan. They destroyed by the hand of God. And even though we don't fight this battle in a physical sense, in this day and age, but we take the heads of demons. And you know, this is God as we, we can get we can have revenge. And you know, thank God I can have revenge because demons in a previous season, you know, I want revenge from demons, right? When I my dad died when I was 17 years old. And there was a church that was like 100 meters from my home. And my dad was uh, dying of lung cancer because he smoked and nobody came over to pray for him. This is how you can be, and yet still those people, they would keep us awake all night. All night they would keep us awake. They dressed in white, come in the morning, and the white was brighter in the, in the night. And none of them thought they could come over and, uh, and pray for my dad. So you see, I'm, I'm mad at somebody, I don't know, and I know it's the devil. And then the devil actually messed with me, you know, took my dad out early, and then messed with me after that. So, you know, I'm, somebody have to pay. I'm after revenge. And because it's not a man, I'm literally doing this for vengeance against the devil. And thank God that he allowed that. Because he, this is giving me a lot of motivation. Because if somebody mess with you like that, I would haunt them for the rest of my life until I breathe no more breath. So I want to do this warfare. I raise up an army. God has called me to do it, but I'm getting personal satisfaction out of it also. The fourth level of confrontation is the city level the city level so we're seeing how how you have to be built into spiritual warfare and you're seeing and uh, you're up getting an idea of the levels and that you don't jump levels because a pastor invited you to be a part of his prayer team because demons are very very crafty and those situations, when you go begin to pray against demons and so forth, different things happen. Sometimes I'm trying to figure out what is actually happening here. Things are happening. Uh, you know, God is showing me certain things, but there are things that are happening that I'm not even aware of. Slippery demons. So we're not going to get to the city level until certain things are in place, until the team that God is giving you are subjected to, number one, God, and then the authority figures that God has put in place. Or else, don't go. Don't don't, don't go. It, 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 it's uh, asking for for trouble. And these things are the you know insane that we want to conquer demons. Let me tell you something. Demons are stronger than me. Hello, because I've actually had demons attack me in my sleep, and I stood up in my bed. I I wanted nothing to do with them. Nothing. 
it's not like those um, movies where you see, you know, it's vicious and you turn your face away. It's worse than that. And they are different demons with different levels of strength. So even though I'm saying that, I'm saying that through by the power of God. I'm going to see them get dismantled and destroyed by the power of God. And then I'm going to laugh by the power of God, not because I can do anything about it. So just, to, just so we have things in context. And nobody um, begin to say that I, I, I said that I was going to go, you know, take on demons by my own strength. Okay? The fourth level, like we said, is the city level. And that's when you have to begin to analyze the fruits of the city, the perversion that might be there, the murders, the suicide, the drugs, etc. You can begin to see the demons that are operating in those areas. And then with a team of consecrated people, a team of consecrated people that are uh, put together by Jesus himself, by the Spirit. He, he, he will bring uh, people, and uh, as they, as they, you know, that's why it's so important that we teach these things. But then whoever resists these things, you know, they can't be a part of that team. That's not to say that God can't use them to, you know, because God will sometimes shift them to other parts of his body or do whatever. I'm not, I'm not, um, God and his people is God and his people, okay? Mm -hmm. But then when I come, when, if I'm, the, let's say, for example, I was, under one of you guys' ministry, and God had called you to undertake something. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you need me to submit to you, and to not, if if it is within the confines of God's word, God's word that you're teaching, wouldn't you want me to submit and um, be under your authority rather than be causing issues? And do you think the the vision that God gave you would come to pass if I decided to come to your to do it in another way? You probably would say that you would agree with me that. It wouldn't work, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And God has called you guys to um to get something done and us to get something done and then partner together. So this is the level of maturity that it will take. So when you go to, uh, you know, the Lord send you to a certain city and begin to show you the principalities and the powers that are keeping that city bound. And before you can have any breakthrough, you can drive past, like even down here in London, we drive on the street and we see that, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, the devil is just doing his thing against a lot of people. And we see them on the street in different upsetting situations. And uh, I believe part of what God has called us down here to do is to minister to people in that regard. But we now have to take into consideration how do we do it by wisdom, with wisdom. And we have to take into consideration the team and the team and then the individuals and the lifestyle that they live and you know are they consecrated to the lord you see this unity how can two walk together unless they be in agreement so this is the level of precision like we were gonna name this ministry precision lighthouse ministries before the lord said no because I love that word precision, <clears throat> because I like detail, very detail oriented, very orderly. That's not to say we're going to cage the Holy Spirit. You know, there will be times when the Holy Spirit will come that I will not have a, have a concept what he's doing. And uh, I'm going to leave it to the Holy Spirit, right? Whenever the Lord wants to do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, he can do it. But, you know, revivals come and then there are special times that comes where the Lord will give certain levels of his presence. But I'll tell you one thing, as soon as you better, you better begin to apply the word of God and put things into context really quick, especially like I said in a previous teaching, 
revival it, it sometimes is a tough thing for some people to get over when they're birth when they came to the Lord through a revival and it's hard for hard for you to teach them the word that's a special blessing that's a special grace that God will come and you will see even people that are in sin get certain blessings and so forth well we thank God for those things but we never go away from the word of God we have to now begin to construct instruct those people in the word of God that's what happened to, to those people when Jesus began to tell them how to do the cost of being a disciple. They go, no, give us back the revival. Do it by power. Do it by might. Don't give us this wisdom. We don't want nothing to do with it. And they walked away. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2 and verse uh, 1 to 4. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. It says, I exhort... I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is, a good, and, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, my Lord. You see, this is good and acceptable. It's talking about praying for leaders and kings, and which is something that this generation, the way they pray for um, for their leaders is to burn down the city. What and send those folks up to heaven? Christians burning down um, the city, saying that they're you know God is pleased. Say, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? These are the type of prayers that we will pray on that city level. We will petition heaven in regards to the political issues that are, that are unpleasant. They are unpleasant, yes. There are things that, um, obviously, if you're not in Christ, you're going to burn down buildings, right? But from the Christian's perspective, it's by prayer that we change these things. God will give you instructions from those prayers on how to have those changes made if it's his will. But this is how it's done. Amen? So, you know, this is the level of honesty that we want to um, have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Like honesty. I can't, I can't play games because I know that this position that we're in, can you imagine the position that we're in? That God's actually giving us the opportunity to speak to his people. And we're going to have to give an account. That's a very serious thing. We're going to have to give an account for what we're doing now. I'm not taking this thing light. I've seen other pastors take this thing light. I fear the Lord too much. I fear the Lord too much. I reverence the Lord too much. But then I'm also thankful to the Lord for salvation. I'm thankful to the Lord that you know, that he loved me and saved me, even when I was not living for him. I have too much. I can't disobey God, and this is why we are setting a very high standard. And this ministry, you will not, you don't look at the numbers, don't look at, no, we don't look at the fruits. Look at the, you know, the proximity that we want to have to the word of God. The diligence in which we are focus on those things. 
And we want to do things that is pleasing to the Lord. So that's the message for today. I know when we talk about spiritual warfare, people think we're just probably going to, you know, make a lot of noise and all that type of stuff. No, you know what? Truly, when you're when you have submitted everything to the Lord, the Holy Spirit rules. I've seen we have read enough headlines and um, not to be critical of our pastors. They're human beings or preachers. But why would we set up ourselves to be failed? We don't want people to be reading um, the news with our failures and giving a bad testimony to the body of Christ. We don't want to we don't want to we don't want to replicate those type of behaviors. So we're being very, very careful with everything. And that is the, the message today. So with that being said, I'm going to give it to Kim and see if she wants to say anything. And then we can go into a time, a time of prayer for the issues that you guys want to pray for. Um, well, the only thing that was coming to mind on spiritual warfare was when you were speaking about um, the fourth level, which is the city level. I can remember, I just want to share a quick testimony having to do with that. I can remember um, it was the last visit that we had made to, made to Jamaica. We were in the plane and we were just there being excited about the trip. And I've shared this before. And um, I fell asleep. And then the Lord in that, in that sleep there, that quick sleep, the Lord was speaking to me about the different principalities and powers that were hoovering over the country. So I'm like, okay, so what do I do with this? And I was just, you know, just listening. And then the minute I woke up, I remember everything. And then I shared it. And then Dredd said, okay, so I guess these are the, the strongholds that are over the country and we have to pray about it. So pretty much the minute we got off the plane and so forth, we had prayed about the different um, spirits. It was three in particular that we prayed about. And in doing so, with spiritual warfare that enables us to um, pretty much to go into that camp and to pretty much bound the strong man. And you cannot go in and have victory over a city or over a country without first binding the strong man to bound those evil spirits that are over the people, oppressing them and so forth. So we did that. And then for that trip, I found there was, because we did that, there was so many open doors. Um, it's like we had free range to, you know, to bring the gospel into that country. And then I even found like when we were there sitting and just eating, people were just bringing uh, their friends. It was mostly having to do with the staff, bringing their friends for prayer and so forth. And there was so many, so much, you know, evangelism that took place that particular um, season. And it was because of that, because we were able to see the different spirits and bound them. And then the Lord just had free range. The Holy Spirit just had free range to do whatever he will. So that's when, you know, and in order to get to that level, you have to know how to do spiritual warfare and the three different things, not even three. He spoke about a list there that uh, if you go back, you can always see because there is the four different First, you have to confess, and then the openness, the transparency, the light, and then having to, and then you have to walk in that lifestyle. Because if you don't, then there will be open doors, and when you go to do certain things, then the spirit itself will jump back on you. So first, you have to put on the armor of Christ, and then know how to do spiritual warfare as the Holy Spirit and as the Lord leads, and He will definitely lead you into it. And then pretty much that's what I wanted to share, how you can have victory in spiritual warfare. First, the confession, the repentance, and walking out that holy lifestyle. So 
So I just want to throw that over. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, praise 